I'm sitting here thinking about my anxiety. And so I thought, rather than think alone, why not think aloud? I don't know if I've talked about this on a podcast. I probably have. I've told anybody who will listen. But I have been diagnosed with OCD and anxiety. And I'm on medication for it. And for the most part, it's working. I remember when I first felt the anxiety. Oh, it was probably about nine years ago. The anxiety was so bad, I felt like I wanted to jump out of my skin. I just couldn't handle it. I remember, just because I'm thinking aloud, when it first started to happen, for some reason or some way, I don't remember, I think I was feeling so much anxiety that I called my close friend and neighbor, Kathy, and she came over and she helped talk me down. I remember she gave me one of her Xanax that she had had prescribed to her for a surgery that she had recently been through. But I also remember her telling me that she was afraid for me because I lived on the 22nd floor of the condo building and she knew that I had fixed it so that my sliding windows could open all the way. I have to be honest with you, that thought never crossed my mind, but I'm certainly happy and grateful that it crossed hers. That's what a friend does, somebody who's looking out for you, and she certainly was looking out for me. I remember having to go on bus rides from work to Kaiser to the psychiatrist first to get my medication because I remember initially when I talked to my psychiatrist and told him that Kathy had given me the Xanax he said well then why don't you just continue taking hers and I thought to myself seriously I'm not a therapist yet, but I kind of do understand that I'm not supposed to be taking somebody else's medication, especially a habit-forming medication. So I told him, first of all, these are not my medications, and I'm not going to continue to take hers. And he told me that he would prescribe me my Xanax. And I told him, no, I don't want to take Xanax. I want to take a medication that's more long-term. So, he prescribed me Celexa. And you know what's interesting about it is I started taking the Celexa, and I knew that it was supposed to be about six weeks before the medication was to kick in. But when you're going through anxiety like that, it's kind of one thing to know it and another to realize it. I even went online to threads that talked about 
or included other people who were going through the same thing as I, and they were saying that the Selexa worked for them. But they also indicated that, and this was common knowledge and later I found out to be true, that before it gets better, it can get slightly worse. And so while the medication is doing its thing, readjusting, recalibrating, equalizing the brain chemistry, because after all, that's what it's all about, you will have a stronger anxiety than you did before, but eventually it equalizes and mellows out. And in my anxiety, I thought, yeah, I'm reading this, and realistically it makes sense. But the irrational beliefs of my anxiety allowed me to believe, yeah, it worked for all of you, but it won't work for me. And so I suffered through. I forced myself to go on walks around the lake or to Whole Foods or just even step outside and get some fresh air. And all I wanted to do was to retreat, go back to my condo, because I couldn't stand it. I wasn't taking Xanax. I was still on the Selexa. And so I was waiting for it to kick in. And what's interesting about it is, and I don't know whether any of my fellow anxiety sufferers have experienced, but my anxiety got better or easier as the evening progressed, which ultimately led me to believe that I had trained my brain to understand my anxiety as negative during the daytime as opposed to being able to relax and maybe go to sleep during the evening. And what I further discovered is that my anxiety would increase as it got closer to the time that I need to awaken and get ready to go to work. In retrospect, that made sense because what I was afraid of was that if I had to get out of bed and get ready and start going to work, I was going to get anxious and I was going to suffer through all this uncomfortableness that the anxiety was creating for me throughout the day, especially since I had to perform my work duties. I didn't want to go, but I had to go. I had to fight through it. I looked around at people on the bus and I was resentful of them because they were comfortable in their own skins and I was not. And I was resentful of them that they did not appreciate what they had, which was comfortableness in their own skins, and I did not. And I can tell you to this very day, I still have anxiety when it's time 
or when I realize that the alarm is going to go off. Yeah, I don't get up at 9 o'clock in the morning or 8 o'clock in the morning anymore. As most of you have realized, I'm a vampire now, so I stay up until 5 in the morning, and I sleep in till 2.30 in the afternoon or 3 in the afternoon on a good day if I don't have clients. But when my brain is sensing that it's time for the alarm to go off, and believe me, I roll over many times before it does to see how much time do I have? Oh, an hour and a half. Yay, I can calm down. Oh, an hour. Yay, I can calm down. Oh, ten minutes. I better start preparing myself. And then the alarm goes off. And what I've trained myself to do, I've trained my brain to do, is immediately upon the alarm going off, I shut it off, I throw my legs over the bed, and what I've associated with my legs being thrown over the side of the bed and me standing up is that means it will be better because I've proven to myself that once I get out of bed, all those anxiety beliefs don't come true anymore. It does get better. And that's the way that I conduct my life, basically, on a daily basis right now. But what got me started on all this was Noom. <laughs> and it's funny that I mentioned Noom. I'm sure that a lot of people have heard of Noom, especially since the pandemic, and we've all been relegated to staying home for at least the, the last year and three months, and the television is there, and I can't imagine that a lot of people didn't resort to watching TV. But the advertisements, Noom is a program that incorporates healthy eating habits and weight loss. And so, as I'm sure a good lot of you who are listening to this, I packed on the COVID weight about 17 pounds worth of the COVID weight. I've talked about that before. And so I decided it was time for me to shed it. And I did, actually. And the scale keeps reading. Even though I'm still on the new calorie count, it keeps fluctuating around the same weight that I was pre-COVID. And I've read about uh, online preset body weight. I don't know exactly the scientific terms, but if your body is used to being at a particular weight for a particular period of time, then that's the weight that your body knows and it does what it does to stay there and that's why it makes it more difficult to start losing and so I'm at my preset weight that I've been at for the last I don't know eight years I go a pound under I go back I go a pound under I go back and it's kind of frustrating 
But as I was sitting here thinking about it, I thought, was anxiety my preset way that my brain worked? And the reason I say that is because I've shared with a lot of people, personal and clients, that the joke in our family with me growing up was that your mother and you would not be happy if you didn't have something to worry about. And of course, it was a joke. It was funny at that time until I grew up and realized, you know, we were probably suffering from anxiety. And it's genetic. And it was an imbalance in our brain. And granted, she's on medication, I'm on medication, and yet we still do fluctuate with the anxiety. I could up my medication, but I don't want to, because I don't want to overly medicate, as most people who are on medications realize. And on most days, I can control it. But as I was sitting here thinking about it, with the preset weight, is it the same thing as the preset brain chemistry type thing? The medication has just brought me back to a place whereby I can deal. And that's about as good as it gets. Unless I decide to over-medicate and I don't want to do that. I am in the position now of getting ready to do my oral defense for my doctoral project. And of course, as you can imagine, it's creating anxiety. It probably creates anxiety for almost anybody going through this particular situation. But for me, it's more. And today I got an email from the college indicating that they were going to be sending me a doodle poll. I didn't even know what that is, but I'm sure people know. It's kind of like a, a calendaring um, thing so that we, me, so that I, the chair, and the committee can all get on the same page as to what dates would work so we can pick a certain date. My brain is thinking, okay, let's pick the date that's furthest out there. Let's put it off as long as we possibly can. But then the other side of my brain is, let's get this over with. You know you are ready to do it. Let's just do it. And so I'm going back and forth. And once I get the email where I can put my dates in, I'll figure out what I'm going to do. But it hit me tonight. If I do it, get it done, get it over with, what am I going to worry about next? And then I thought, don't worry about that. (laughs) No pun intended. Because your brain will come up with something else to worry about. And as funny as that sounds... That's been the way that my life has been. I'll always find something to worry about, real or unreal. And that's just the way my life goes. 
I just need to get used to it. Because my brain isn't going to work any other way. All I can do is learn to mitigate the anxiety and the worry with all the healthy coping strategies that I've learned to employ over the years. I share the story because I've lived to tell. Till next time.